we started using what I'd call the three eyes, where I figured out what's their biggest issue, what's their impact on their business, and how important is it to them, right? Those are the three eyes: Issue, importance, impact. The Online Marketing Show with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money. Hello and welcome to the Online Marketing Show. I'm your host, Joey Bushnell. Today's special guest is digital marketing entrepreneur, Jason Swank. Uh, Jason, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks for having me, man. Jason, can you tell us how you got involved in digital marketing? <laughs> yeah, so uh, back in 98, I worked for a company called Arthur Anderson as a computer programmer and just really didn't like programming and I like designing websites. And at the time, one of my friends looked like Justin Timberlake. And that's when InSync was really popular. So I created a website called InShit <laughs> <laughs> and it got popular and people started asking me to design websites. And I was like, wow, you know, I can make money and I can be my own boss and I can pick myself. And uh, so I did that. And so I started an agency in 99 and quickly grew it. Well, I wouldn't say quickly grew it because I knew nothing about what I was doing. I didn't know what an invoice was. And, um, over the 12 years, I grew it to an eight-figure um, business, and uh, I was lucky enough to sell it a couple of years ago, and now I'm lucky enough to work with the coolest people in the world and, and help agency owners really get unstuck or show them how to scale and just provide them helpful information. So what kind of things did you do at your agency? What kind of marketing services were you providing? Yeah, so we've, we well, we started out designing just websites, and then... You know, I mean, I mean, I was going through the yellow pages, right? I'd be like, you don't have a website address <laughs> in the States. That's kind of like our, our phone book, right? And so after that, we started offering kind of pay-per-click, um, SEO services. Uh, then we started doing email marketing. We created our own content management system. We started doing heavy custom programming. So then we started working with clients like Lotus Cars or Porsche or Aflac, AT&T and Hitachi and, and really doing a lot of strategy, design, user experience. So um, over time, we built into a more of a full service agency, even though we had a lot of specialties, but we had practice directors that ran those divisions. So um, you can't blame me for going wide. We started narrow and then we started going wider as over time. Okay, so now that you've sold the business, you're teaching other digital marketing agencies how to grow. You know, now that you've got no competition, you're now letting some of your secrets out. Yeah, I mean, you know, literally, you know, I, and I kind of fell into it being lazy, right? I had a bunch of people reaching out to me asking me the same questions. And I was like, dude, I'll just write a blog and put it out there and send people to it. And then I started having people all over the world reach out to me. And it was, I was like, really? I was like, this is awesome. And so now I, I say I basically put out about 85% of my knowledge absolutely free on my jasonswank.com website. And, um, you know, the rest, the, the rest of the 15% is really, really good. That's what I charge for. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. So something that you're quite well known for is, uh, the fact that you were able to create a seven figure business in just 11 months 
and at the same time only working 100 hours per month. So I'm wondering, how did you do this? <laughs> you know, it's the, the first thing is, is knowing who your audience is and really understanding their biggest challenge and then creating systems around that. Right. So I'm not just talking about technology, but, you know, I understand and I'm obsessed with the audience that I'm going after. Like I, I'm truly like I'm like, how can I help? Um, I understand your challenges because I lived it and I breathed it and I wanted to create something that I wish I knew. And then it's all about creating the right systems. Right. So I, I'm a true believer that systems can now perform talent all day long. And so I can a lot of times with my systems that I use, I can outwork a lot of people because people are like, well, I just need to blog all the time or I just need to do a ton of podcasts or a ton of videos. And they're just working and working versus being knowing who your audience is, being very selective and then creating campaigns that can support that. So let me kind of be a little, go into a little more detail. So sure. a lot of times businesses really go for the big yes. Okay. So that's almost going up to a girl or opposite sex and saying, you know, will you marry me right off the bat? I mean, that's a big commitment, right? It's supposed to be for, for life. <laughs> so, so, you know, meeting someone for the first time, it's hard. So it's all about creating many yeses. And so one of the concepts that I've kind of developed that allowed me to grow so quickly is milestone marketing and, and treating things in little milestones, which are little yeses. And so I'll basically put out some particular challenge that someone's having on Facebook or Twitter or I'll do a blog post or something on that, basically figuring out if they have that problem. And if they engage, then what I'll do is my campaigns will dynamically behave differently based on how they engage with me. And so I'm asking for little yeses all along the way. And the, all along the way, I'm putting out goodwill and helping them versus selling. And there's a big difference. And I think, and then the last thing I think, and you can ask me a ton of questions based on it if I didn't answer your question, is just taking massive action, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't try to make things perfect. I mean, like, I have typos all over. Unfortunately, I'm, I guess I'm dyslexic or whatever it is, but I try really hard, but I just want to ship it. When I think, it's going to provide value to someone. I'm not going to make it perfect. I'm just going to put it out there and hope it provides value to them and just do it and then morph it over time versus trying to make it perfect and never get it out there. Okay, let's dive uh, a little bit deeper on some of those. First of all, you mentioned that you got really focused on your target audience. Um, how did you do that? How did you come to really understand the challenges, the wants, the needs of your audience? Yeah, well, I... I thought about, it's a couple things, right? So I thought about what do I know better than most? Or what, what do I know more than anything else that I know? And after I sold my agency, I was kind of struggling for a while. I was like, and struggling with like figuring out what do I want to do? Because mm -hmm. I was like, that's all I ever knew. And I knew I didn't want to create another agency at the time. And I couldn't because of my non-compete. And so I was like, what do I do? And so I said, well, I mean, as people were reaching out to me, I was like, well, you know, I know this better than anybody re really running an agency right now so I can help out. And then what I want to do is a lot of people say follow your passion. And I don't think you should follow your passion. You should follow what you know and then bring your passion to it. So, you know, my passion is helping people. My passion is really being really energetic and just 
making people take massive action. And so I wanted to take that to what I knew the best. And I think that makes a huge difference. And a lot of people struggle with both those. Let's talk about those mini yeses that you just mentioned. What are some examples? So let's say the big yes at the end, you know, that we're looking for is the sale, um, you know, where cash is actually exchanged. But what are some of those steps in between? What are the, the mini yeses that lead up to that sale? Okay. So let's say you get someone to fill out your lead magnet or your opt-in, right? And you get someone to kind of raise their hand saying, I have that problem. Send me that video. So traditionally what happens in a traditional funnel is you treat everybody the same and you kind of funnel everybody down using, you know, uh, HubSpot or Infusionsoft or MailChimp, whatever it is. And you treat everybody the same and you're figuring out that the results at the end are the same for everybody, but that's not the case. Like if you look at kind of um, how people go through my campaigns is if I send them the first video and I have two other videos behind that, if they don't watch the first video, they're not engaged. So why would I send them more information on stuff they're not engaged on? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to send them three emails asking them and telling them about the first video that they need to watch it. Only after they watch it, Will I send them video number two and video number three? If they don't watch it, that's okay. I'll have a contingency built in and it basically will send them to another campaign, maybe a invite to a webinar or maybe they don't like videos, even though they opted in for it. Maybe I send them to a long form PDF white paper or a case study, right? That they can go through and digest it. Now, if they watch video one, they get video number two and video three. Then my call to action or my next mini yes in the milestone is to get them maybe on an early bird list or get them to raise their hand again saying, I would like to chat with you, Jason, or whoever you are, right? And if they do that, then it's about showing them maybe another video or telling them, this is the criteria that you need to meet in order to chat with me. And if you meet this criteria, please fill out this application. So now my next yes is to get them to fill out an application to chat with me. Then after that, after let's say I approve them, my next mini yes is to get them to book a time with me, right? Mm -hmm. And it just keeps continuing and continuing. And there's always contingencies if people don't take action. So if they drop off, you're going to send them to another campaign. So the secret is, is you don't create funnels. You basically bolt on campaigns together that have contingencies. And when people fall off at a certain level, that's okay. You just tag them or indicate where they fell off. So maybe some sometime down the road, you can restart them at the place that they left off. Jason, I know that you've uh, been able to convert 80% of your business-to-business prospects into paying customers, um, which I think is is an outstanding conversion rate. How did you do that? Yeah, there was a couple things. You know, at first you have to qualify them and make sure they meet your criteria. All right. And so I've developed this system because we always had a ton of leads coming to us uh, with our service based business. And so what I developed was this thing called NBAT and it stands for need, budget, authority and timing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing I'm trying to figure out is what do they actually need? Does it match up with what I do? Okay. Because so many times people, someone may come to me for um, a mobile app. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was only designing websites. So if their need was a mobile app, you know, 
that didn't align. And I could have got myself in trouble if it didn't align with the company's vision and, and where we were going. Right. So we would turn them down. The next thing is the budget. Right. So many times people talk to people and don't you get really frustrated when you talk to someone and they want to do the Facebook, YouTube and everything kind of put together, but different. And then you find out their budget's like a thousand dollars. Right. So you need to figure out their budget right off the bat. And then the next is you have to make sure you're talking to the authority, you know, and you can ask questions like, how does this, how does this one particular thing that you're talking to me about in your need, how does this align with your overall company vision? And by asking that question, you're going to figure out really quick if they're the decision maker. Cause most of the time they'll say, Oh, you need to check with Bob or Joe or Jason. And they're like, Oh, can we get them involved? And then the last is timing, right? So you got to make sure that their timing was realistic. So then after that, what we did is we started using what I call the three eyes where I figured out what's their biggest issue. What's their impact on their business and how important is it to them? Right. Those are the three eyes. Issue, importance, impact. And by doing that and changing that conversation and asking questions, I was quickly able to change that conversation and provide value where I'm asking questions. So what that's doing is focusing on them versus telling. So most companies, when they're trying to sell someone, they're like, oh, my portfolio is awesome. My services are amazing. Look at my testimonials. What are you doing? You're focusing on you. They don't care about you. They care about themselves. People are selfish. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so by doing that and then building a structure into our proposals and, and creating in the right order and never sending the proposal to the client and walking them through it, that's quickly how we were able to win you know, really big accounts at a really high percentage because I weeded a lot of the, the, the wrong people out. So I knew who the right people were for me. I knew who we were a perfect fit for. And then you know, I obsessed about helping them first and providing them value versus just telling them about me. So these people that you were having conversation with, essentially they had already been through your online funnel. Um, they'd gone through those mini yeses, they'd filled out the application form, and then you were on the phone with them? Yep. Okay. Almost always. Yeah, I mean, you know, some people may call you up right away, mm-hmm. um, but then I kind of say, well, you know, go, go watch, go to this page and, you know, because there's a catch in order to chat with me, right? You have to meet this certain criteria. I can't help everybody out. And I just use my systems and my campaigns to weed people out and just save a lot of time. Yeah. So when you're on the phone with people, um, you've already qualified them, you know that they're hot prospects. Um, and then you've got a conversation which helps to seal the deal. You know, so now, you know, now knowing that I can see how 80% is, is definitely a, a possibility. So that's fantastic. So people, uh, listening to this might be thinking, you know, okay, that sounds awesome, but how do I get leads into the funnel so that this, this process can even begin? You know, where do we get the leads from? Yeah. So a lot of people start off with content marketing and I think that's the mistake. Because it's a long-term investment and it's good to do. Like I use my content marketing to nurture the people already in my campaigns, right? I don't use it to bring in new people. I use like uh, pay-per-click or Facebook ads or Twitter ads or LinkedIn ads or YouTube ads in order to figure out someone that has a particular problem. So I'll put out like 
uh, a lead magnet or a problem that says, hey, do you want to know how to build a seven, eight figure agency? Or would you like to know how to convert 80% of your marketing proposals for clients like AT&T and Hitachi? Well, of course, if you're in that industry and I'm very specific on the result, I'm specific on who it's for, you know, I'm going to get a high conversion. Like my landing pages convert over 30%, which is really, really good. And so, I'm just trying to get them into the campaign and then start having the campaign do the heavy lifting for me. And then the cool thing is, is once you set this up, I mean, all you have to do to first start off, I mean, if you guys are struggling, like, what do I put out there? You just can't say how to make more money on YouTube, right? You have to be laser focused and saying, um, if you are um, trying to start a, if you're a freelancer and you're trying to start an agency and you want the number one tip for getting to the next level using YouTube ads, click here, right? So it's, it's super specific and you almost want people to say, dude, that, that's, that's me. He read my mind. He just did an ad for one person. So you can find really good business to business leads on all of those social networks. It's not just LinkedIn. We can find people via Twitter, YouTube, Facebook just as easily. Yeah, you know, Facebook's been a gold mine right now. You know, depending on when people are listening to this, hopefully they listen to this years to come. But right now, Facebook is a gold mine until us marketers really kind of F it up, right? And just overwhelm it. And it's starting to become that. But, um, you know, I generate anywhere from probably 80 to 90 leads a day and I'm not hardly spending anything on Facebook. Um, you know, compared to a lot of people spending thousands and thousands of dollars on AdWords and stuff like that. Like using AdWords is only going after a small percentage, like 3% of the market because people are actually searching for what you do versus you're disrupting someone's pattern of where they're already at. Right. And then you're kind of putting something out of value that you know they want or they struggle with. And it's pretty amazing. You know, a lot of people go into Facebook and they say, well, my, my audience is not there. They're not looking for me there. No one's looking for you in Facebook other than your ex-girlfriend. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. they're the ones stalking you. So, uh-huh. um, so you got to kind of think about how to treat it differently. Jason, we've talked uh, about growing an agency, but then you sold your agency. So for the benefit of anyone, any agency owners listening to this right now who maybe are looking to eventually sell their agency, you know, and, and maybe don't have a, a clear exit plan or clear exit strategy at this point, do you have any tips for them? Yeah, definitely. Um, build it, build your business like you're not going to sell it. Or like, like you're going to sell it, but expect not to sell it. There's such a small percentage of companies that are actually being able to be sold. Like, and you have to get over a certain milestone, right? Most people think if I just hit a million, right? Or they, they look at like an Instagram and they go, if I just build this model and make no revenue, someone is going to buy me for a billion dollars and they try to get this huge scale. And I think that's a mistake. I think you should start small. And create a really cool lifestyle business. That's what I did. And when I talk about creating a lifestyle business where it's extremely profitable, that it doesn't need you all the time in order to do the actual work, right? So meaning all you need to do is set the vision and direction um, and put the right people in place. Then that particular company is extremely marketable and someone would probably want it. And then you got to figure out 
why does someone want to buy me? Is it based on my specialization, which specializing is key. Like we were one of the best partners in the world for Microsoft and Sitefinity. So that's why we got bought because they wanted those partnerships and the experience that we had. So specialization is key. Uh, they may be wanting to buy you for a geographic region. They may want to buy you for your talent, right? So you got to think of that. And then you also got to think about what is my agency worth where I would walk away? Like what's that number? A lot of people get really anxious when someone approaches them and, and you probably have that a lot because people are just wanting to acquire your talent and then pay you with profit over time through an earnout, which never do an earnout. You always want cash up front. I'd be happy with the cash up front that you get in order to walk away. Um, but you know, most of the time I tell people is build it like you're going to sell it, but expect not to sell it and just put a ton of money away. I mean, if you can put, if you can create a, a really nice business that you're not a prisoner of that you can put away a million dollars a year, why would you sell it? I mean, you know, it's, you're, you're not working much. You have a really cool team. I mean, really when people sell is when they're in distress a lot of times or there's something else going on. Or, I mean, the small percentage sell it because the price is right. Right. I just got lucky because the price is right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, if I didn't probably sell it then and the price wasn't right, I'd probably still be doing it now. Sure. Did you, did you plan to do it? Was that the plan all along or this just happened? So when we were going through the dot com era and all my, all these people around me were selling companies for millions and millions and gazillions for doing nothing. Um, in the nineties, I thought, yeah, we're going to build it to sell it. And then as the dot bomb happened, I was like, no, you know what? We like doing what we're doing. You know, we're able to go to the racetrack. We're able to go on vacation. We're able to do whatever. Um, and we're like, no, you know, let's just, let's just put a ton of money away and enjoy it. Jason, my final question is, what is the mindset that you believe every entrepreneur needs to create the coolest role ever? You know, it's, you got to pick yourself, right? So many people think about, um, well, someone else needs to pick me or this needs to happen, right? Like if they're writing a book, they think a publisher needs to pick them or um, in order to be successful, someone has to buy you or you have to do X. I mean, if you just believe in yourself and believe that you can shape whatever you want, right? So many people are defined by the clients they take on and they're taking on the wrong client. So they're miserable in their business, but I'm here to tell them <laughs> or that one, you know, one person listening to me that hasn't fallen asleep yet <laughs> that you can, you can shape it and you can pick your perfect clients. I mean, if you took an exercise just on a piece of paper, you didn't show it to anybody, it would probably help you out tremendously. Just write down your perfect client on a napkin or a notebook. I mean, all the criteria of what you're looking for. And that's so powerful. And just don't do anything until after you do that. And, you know, that could really change everything for you because so many people just kind of fall into the business and then they try to figure it out later, but they're, they're doing so much that they're just being so reactive and they can never be proactive. So you really kind of got to make a commitment in order to sacrifice some time in order to do that now in order to reap the benefits later on. Because, you know, I have one of the coolest jobs. I have the coolest role I've ever had. I mean, like you said, I work less than a hundred hours a month. Mm-hmm. I am, you know, I, I'm not a prisoner. I don't, uh, no one can dictate what I do. 
you know, I'm the only one that can do that, right? For myself. And, uh, you know, but it all starts there. Jason, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, sometimes if you, if you don't set things up that way, then you're going to have to backtrack and try and fix things afterwards. So it's really worth uh, doing what you just mentioned there, uh, getting clear on who your ideal client is. That's really, really important. And it just changes everything. Um, so thank you so much for spending time with me today and discussing this. It's fantastic to hear everything that you've done. Where can we continue this? Where can we go to find out more about you? How can you help us further? Yeah. I mean, the, the best way to reach out to me or, you know, legally steal my stuff is go to, uh, uh, jasonswank.com and swank is spelled S-W-E-N-K. So just jasonswank.com and you'll see all the information that I put out. I have a weekly podcast as well called the Smart Agency Masterclass. Um, so you can go to that where, you know, I interview CMOs of like Ford. I have a Tony Shea of Zappos coming on pretty soon. And wow. then I interview other agency owners and other leaders in the market. So, it's, um, you know, I'm just trying to put out stuff that, like I said, that I wish I knew a long time ago to kind of speed up everybody's success. Awesome. That's the end of today's show. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Jason, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, man. The Online Marketing Show with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic. Improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money.